Who else do we know out there with some best guard to spare? Well, the Mandalorians who were not with Bo-Katan anymore. Sure. Could be them. They're also, historically speaking, uh, the Imperial Super Commandos were ex-Mandalorians. I don't think it's going to go that path. What was that? <laughs> I don't think it's going to go that well, path. You know, a boy can <laughs> dream. A boy can dream. All right. Let's chit-chat about it, gang. You are right, Michael. It is Zeb. My man. It's Zeb. Steve Blum and everything. Uh, what an extraordinary live-action appearance of one of my favorite animated Star Wars characters. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was. The timeline what makes is, sense. What does that imply, though? Because he's not with the other rest of the game. I mean, well, when, Sabine left off. Yeah. Well, with when Ahsoka, but now we're. I don't know. He'll be. Is he? Is he confirmed to be in Ahsoka? No. Okay. No. Well, so last we left off in the epilogue of Rebels, Phoenix Squadron had gone their separate ways. Uh, Zeb, uh, his homeworld was destroyed by the Imperials, and one of the big arcs. Uh, was them finding a new uh, hyperspace lane uh, that led to a new planet uh, where they were able to bring this, this species all back. so vaguely familiar. Uh, <laughs> I know it's in there, Greg. Yeah, I, know. I know it's, it's in, in there. there. Uh, but, but it is. I, know, yeah, I binged like <laughs> so quick. <laughs> I, admittedly, I watched Rebels like four or five like, times. To give you an idea uh, of my memory, <laughs> just to give everyone an idea, Breaking Bad, I praise, is my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I'm watching it for the third time with my wife she's never seen it and 90 percent of the time i'm like i don't remember any of this and that's my favorite show sure. <laughs> so, like, a lot to you gotta, you know, i don't they, yeah. they jam-packed a lot that's, into rebels that's why my though, main thing is defense. like the last yeah <laughs> yeah but you know last we saw him uh he was taking a, a former isb officer uh and, and showing him the home world uh and the isb officer was the one that flipped Mm. Uh, it was the double agent. It was just one of my favorite arcs uh, in in Rebels. But no, I mean, it makes sense that that uh, Zeb would be part of the New Republic. Uh, and I just I thought the live action was just really really well done. I always was worried about how a Lasat would translate on a live action screen and. With a very uh, pricey CG effect. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably the number one reason we won't see Zeb in Ahsoka. Uh, but he weirdly looked taller than I remember him in the show. I mean, it, I know he's taller than everyone else, it, <laughs> but he looked even taller if, than I was like, if oh. You remember uh, Fallen Order? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Jedi Master mm-hmm. uh, of Cal. Yes. Yeah. Same same species. So it, it's cool. We've now officially seen Lasats. This is the first live action. Yeah. That's live action cool. animation uh, and in a video game. So Good. I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure everyone else has caught that it is Zeb right away too. But like, I just thought it was one of the creatures. Well, it was for a minute. I was like, is it just a Lasat? And then once you hear the the voice, I mean, uh, Steve Blum, uh, just an amazing voice actor all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, it was just. I don't know, moments like that uh, where, you know, for for those of us that watched Rebels, uh, it's just a really nice payoff and a little homage. Um, 
can we, can we, we, talk, can about we talk about, yeah, I was going to say, can we kick us off, John? Yeah. Kick us off, what do you think? This is a blast and a half, and this episode <laughs> had, a, like, a, a substantial amount of, I feel like, most of the things that are fun that you want, but also most of the things that by episode five of eight, you should feel like there's a direction kind of tying all of them together. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was, it, it's been an interesting season overall. I'm curious to see how they, they stick the landing, but I appreciated mm. the immediacy of this as as well as just the sort of strange and uncomfortable tones that peppered the sort of ending of both the situation with the Mandalorians intervening on the pirates and Bo-Katan and the armorer having this whole sort of, you know, maybe you should take up the torch exchange. And then are you trying to lift the camera up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to force choke me into... We have an audio version on our like Spotify and stuff, but you guys can't see what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my goal is just to throw John off his game while, totally. and, and have everyone on the audio side have no idea what we're What's talking happening? about. What's <laughs> happening? Yeah. Why John's trailing. Uh, but yeah, so many uh, disparate <laughs> threads from both across this season as well as across just the whole show kind of coming into the light. And yeah, you have your sort of micro situation with Grief Karga, the Mandalorians finding hope for the future. I thought was really kind of a, just a nice cathartic thing. And I like the way that they really kind of wound you up and then gave a nice subversion with Paz Vizsla actually being like, no, we should absolutely take this cause up. I thought that was really kind of rewarding after, you know, kind of exactly what you expect to happen, having happened before, uh, in just mm. him being, you know, sort of naturally in opposition. Um, That's true. An interesting Tim Meadows appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it worked perfect. Uh, I, think I thought that, I think so. it was the perfect character for that exact kind of role. He's the right. Uh, yeah. I'm very fascinated because I've heard at least uh, some some vague criticisms of, the show at this point being sort of like, okay, we don't really know what the perspective is as we're looking out at the New Republic, at the you know remnants of the Empire, even the persistence of these Mandalorians and the other you know kind of disparate groups across the galaxy, mm-hmm. other than like the basics of just like, ah, we want to have our society and live in peace and whatever. So I- I'm curious to see because it seems like in casting uh, Tim Meadows here as this uh, New Republic officer, it seems like so many of the New Republic people are a bit dweeby or sad sackish or just ineffectual seeming (laughs) and then you've got this guy like blue who's sort of caught in the middle of it who's like that beat cop who just wants to actually make a difference and getting caught up such a great way to put it yeah and so like i'm i'm curious to see that theme like be substantially committed to but i I can feel Mm. the sort of like seeds of it there yeah well i mean you're describing the birth of the resistance uh, which is something that, like, when the sequel films came out, I did not jive with. I was like, this just seems a little, why have they just kind of thrown in the towel on the New Republic? You know, why did Leia feel the need to create this, like, paramilitary organization? Uh, and the reason is because the New Republic is absolute garbage uh, from from what we've seen. And, and so I, I think we're beginning to see the... Uh, People, historically speaking, after a war, they kind of lose the appetite for fighting. And uh, I think people are just kind of content for a little bit of calm, you know, when in reality, uh, when you're dealing with evil space fascists, you got to always be vigilant. So, yeah, no, this was such a great episode in that I think Navarro, as we all talked about in the beginning of the season, it was really wonderful to watch the transformation of this planet uh, and and now 
for the Mandalorians to really kind of plant their flag and, and have a new home base. Uh, you know, the, the Mandalorians are much more than just Mandalore, as it's kind of been alluded to. You know, it was at one point very much an empire in of itself, you know, with, with lots of different systems and lots of different planets. And uh, I kind of love the implication that maybe this is the beginning of that. Uh, and, you know, I think they've really subverted expectation, uh, particularly between the armor and bow, which I think all of us really felt strongly they were not going to get along um, but I feel like they're, you know, little finger and, and Varys kind of using each <laughs> other in a, in a poetic way to, to achieve a means to an end. Um, but like Bo-Katan is a really controversial, like I love her, um, but might not be the one to actually make this happen. Um, and I'm beginning to think that they are going to die a heroic death that will lead to the return of the Mandalorians truly. Um, but I do not see a world in which they are actually capable of leading the Mandalorians. Um, so yeah, Greg, what did you think? I got no thoughts. This <laughs> slog. <laughs> Tough to sit through. Yeah. No stakes. No stakes. You're just baby Yoda on Din's lap the whole time going, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with everyone's sentiments here. I, I, I do I do like how they handled it. I, I, there's something about the scenes, though, though, with the armor and Bo-Katan that they, I feel like they purposely play up a little, even now, it's like it's there's something leading in that feels like a dark presence is looming amongst that like in the atmosphere between their conversations uh until she like goes out there to talk and it sucks about like hey let's accept the fact that we got kind of different denominations and it's just about everyone coming together and it's not about which which uh religion is the proper way to go about it you know we're all christians guys well i was gonna i was gonna it does give a lot of those crusade type vibes where it's like all right orthodox and catholics we're just gonna remember that the muslims are in jerusalem and well what happens <laughs> though when you're dealing with very passionate people though people like Vizla, whoever bo-katan decides to bring by is you i i guess i'm wondering if star wars is gonna chicken out and not actually do something interesting with different ideologies. And like, like if Vizsla was a little bit surprised to see her helmet was off, but is that going to create a ripple effect of distrust? Uh, you know, especially with their mantra being so much of being, this is the way with this being the a specific way to live and fucking what Din just had to go through just to get back in. Mm. Can they accept the fact that there's other man? Uh, and will the yeah. show do that, or are they going to be like, no, we're just hopeful and nice, and we're going to yeah. be coming together? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's this idea of conversion where they're welcome to come into the fold, also bathe in the living waters of the mines of Mandalore, and then at that point be able to walk the way but in order to get them there you've got to get them there and i think there is a, a, a surprising amount of wisdom coming from a cult leader uh in the form of the armorer uh in 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 trying to bring in the night owls and, and any other kind of mandalorians um you know i just i agree with you the the tone it, it always feels so sinister and dark 
and it, it feels like the Mandalorians are just like doomed to repeat their history over and over and over again. And, you know, the, what kind of preceded all of this, uh, was, you know, Bo-Katan's sister, uh, who was part of like the peace loving Mandalorians who tried to break that cycle and it worked out so well for them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I know uh, you're talking about, you're talking about Duchess Satine. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan The Kenobi's. pacifist one of yeah. the Mandalorians and it created a whole problem for everyone. Yeah, it sure did. Got, got, I remember Darth that. Not Zeb. <laughs> not, not <laughs> the only well, thing that matters. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi is the father of the confusing nephew of Bo-Katan and uh, uh, the Duchess. Sure. Uh, Damn, a lot of the directors were fucking in this episode. Huh? <laughs> I want one episode where only the director <laughs> <was> <laughs> <cast>. <laughs> This is Filoni, Famuyua, and Chow are all in this episode. Where's Where's Bryce Dallas Howard? (laughs) Where's Robert Rodriguez? (laughs) That was wild. I just noticed that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, but as an episode as a whole, I thought while while it was very entertaining, the the there is something about when you're translating live. Like, I don't have the pirates ever been in Clone Wars or Rebels. I don't recall. Not those no, particular not pirates. The, not these, like, yeah. vain and all that. Piracy as a concept exists? <laughs> <laughs> but with, with these guys, as much as they were, like, blowing up Navarro and stuff, mm. the show, it's, the episode itself, the, as, as big and scopic, as beautiful as, the, as a lot of these shots were, I like more of the context of where it all led us to. I felt more... Um, tension and suspense and stakes in like the last minute of yeah. this episode, in the in the dread in the <laughs> dread space moment, than anything dealing with the pirates. Yeah. Agreed. And that's something that I feel like this ought to have had. It does, and that's why I'm kind of hoping that okay, we're five episodes in. Yeah. And they tease something that feels off about these conversations, like. Like one of them's manipulating the. It just seems that way. I don't know if we're reading into it, but they play some dark ass music and they play, and they they talk slow to each other. And uh, suspicious. If, or if, if they don't, it's a waste. Yeah, uh, it's an absolute. If it's waste. a fake out, it would be a bit of a drag. No, yeah, instead of just like yeah, we all get along, hooray. I think they're building to something that is going to be a little sinister, and is it just going to be something as simple as? You know, the Empire is lurking in the shadows again. They're on the rise. You got someone in the New Republic who they think is reformed or liberated, uh, but she's really helping to, you know, string things up. Yeah. Yeah. We have that going on. We got Moff who's been broken out. Who else might be siding with the dark side? Right. As the First Order, blah, blah, blah. And then what Mandalorians, they fight alongside them. And where were they in the sequel trilogy? Do they yeah. all die by the end? Of, like, is that where we're going with this? Is that they all band together? Because I like it when it's more intimate and personal with mm-hmm. them. And I think that uh, that was one thing. Is like this episode was really fun, uh, but it did lack a, a certain substance of of, of of emotional weight rather yeah. than just like uh, I like the context a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's been a, a challenge that they've had since bringing all the Mandalorians together. Uh, it, it, it's almost like these victories feel a little bit too inevitable um and because of that the stakes are never really as high as they should be i mean that that last you know two minutes of the episode uh i think a lot of that tension is because it it captures a lot of the tone of something like andor um where it's a 
I, I mean, it's like, like it's one of the things that I love about the Mandalorian. It's one of the things that I hate about the Mandalorian is that it, there's this constant desire to emulate like the fantastical craziness of, of something like the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't always translate to live action. And, and sometimes those those darker, more grounded live action moments just feel a lot heavier and, and, and like the stakes are there. Yeah, this season has so far felt like it's it's bigger and way more action. <laughs> like yeah. It's been feeling that way, like it's bigger and way more action, yet it hasn't felt as... Uh, it, within its action scenes as truly mm. emotionally gripping. Yeah. As, even in the way of like when a, the Ahsoka Tano's uh, return episode, uh, the one that like really felt like it was riffing on like uh, Seven Samurai in a way. Mm. Even though I don't know these people and everything, there's a certain mood about it where you're like, this is captivating. Mm. And here you're just like, this is big and cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know, there's a quality, too, where, like, during this episode, I did find myself getting distracted going, like, okay, while you guys are sitting around, while while you're flying across the galaxy to get approval for this backup, and <laughs> while you Mandalorians are arguing about whether or not to go to Navarro in the first place, these pirates can decimate anything that matters kind <laughs> of immediately. And when they get there, you have this, like, little pocket of all of them, and they kind of get out of town. And you get the sense, like, yeah, they've destroyed stuff, but you don't feel the true harsh, like, they're they're just massacring innocent people. And you don't really have that flavor actually present in the no. episode. And so, Well, that's why I was likening it to the Ahsoka episode. Mm. Sure. Because that's the first time you check in with them, and it just seems like a, a, such a bleak, miserable situation. Yeah. yeah. To hear this still feels real. bright and colorful. Yeah. And, no, yeah. well, I mean, we, yeah. we did, I think we described it best. I mean, it was like the Pirates of the Caribbean pillage yeah. sequence and like where it's like weirdly kind of fun. Like, <laughs> like oh, look at this occupation uh, and, and the salacious crumbs getting shot yeah. at. Uh, I, I didn't get a true sense of the suffrage. Yeah. Well, and there's also yeah. a thing too that, yeah, there's like a true sense of the suffering and, the, and just the, the sheer harshness of like, this is like a, you know, they don't, adhere to any law but this is like a, a war crime of, of massive proportions essentially <laughs> um, but also I think there is a certain thing that to me it makes me curious because I think there's a potential for the show to be at odds with itself in the fact that when the show was just about Din Djarin yeah. I feel like you can have your Mandalorian cake a little bit and eat it too in the sense that you have all the mystique but you don't necessarily have to confront it as head on as you do when you have them all together and trying to like reform their whole yeah. uh, culture and society because the Mandalorian culture is one rot on like violence and all sorts of conquest and things that are like really dark and hard to rectify in a way that's like a really easy to root for protagonist situation yeah. ideal I for disney plus yeah so <laughs> i feel like even though it is like fun and interesting to watch them rebuild at the same time i'm like how much is this show gonna have to kneecap itself from the true potential of what's really interesting I'm about that without nerfing the mandalorians or like creating this weird face turn that doesn't quite jibe with the rest of the galaxy. I'm, I'm going to make a weird comparison here. Uh, I feel like The Walking Dead had the same exact issue. Uh, in the early seasons, it was really intimate and personal. And then it, it wanted to evolve into a very different type of show where all of a sudden there's like settlements and factions and it's much bigger and it never really knew how to make that transition. And I, I feel like this season, I hope, is the growing pains of them figuring that out and that they do figure it out by next season because the stakes are much higher than just Din and Grogu. 
and and I think that you know kudos to them for being brave enough to try uh and I I think I'm going to have nothing but but faith and optimism uh in our Lord and Savior. I still I, no I, I still quite like I I just think the first and this episode were the ones that I I don't I like this more than the first episode. Yeah. Um, I do. It's, I, it's just more like, yeah, this is this was fun with a a very interesting last few minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with really the armor, intriguing. Yeah. yeah, with the armor yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, there is a lack of tension. Yeah, the most tense when, when there should be tension in a lot of even even the scene when you had, um, oh my god, wait a minute, I have the cast list right here. <laughs> what is his name? What's the what's the Asian guy's name? <laughs> oh, blue? he kept saying it. Blue, blue, blue for sure. Blue, yeah, just, just call it's called it something with a C. Yeah, it's, it's uh, oh boy, crimson. No, no. Chris, I'll, I'll look him. Chris Pine, Chris something. <laughs> well, anyway, with that, that scene with blue and Carson, Tim, Carson, Carson, Carson. You're right about that, yeah, Carson. Uh, <laughs> Carson and Tim Meadows and the girl from the episode that. Was divisive for people that I I loved. I second uh, that. I, I love that. That was episode. the most tense and most sort of intimately perilous yeah, feeling. I, I love that episode. The Andor Lorian. Yeah, yes. that yeah. one. Um, Andor. The, but yeah, I thought that um, that scene too was like ah, this is kind of like moving. <laughs> it was like the first episode for me. This moving a little quick. This moving a little too quick for me. Yeah, it's well, not, it's, it's not it, tense it's, enough. It's those it multiple POVs, and it's that transition to that type of show that is just. Uh, I cannot imagine how that writer's room, like their formula, yeah. they just had to throw out this but, season. But I think the second and third yeah. episode were f- fucking fantastic. I do. Yeah. I think the second and third episode were really fantastic. Well, they, they weren't afraid to be intimate and the, focused. What episode was this? The fourth? Fifth. 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 What was the fourth episode? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, all it blurry. Was, <laughs> 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 Shit, what was happened last week? Finding out who saved Grogu. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that was a going home. That was, yes. that was a blast wow. of an episode. Yeah. Sure. Well, but it was, that was that was one where I was like, it was just a pure blast. But yeah, yeah. Them getting back from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's but the, that is the also challenges. a really quick episode. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> there was a lot in it. Yeah. This is an interestingly shaped and and tonally paced. You, you think it would be more focused and breathe better, it, considering how I, serialized it is? I feel yeah. like there was a shortage of Adderall in the writers' room this season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels a little Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. but you know what? It's still so fun. True. And uh, you know, that's what Star Wars is at its core. Uh fun to the point where you're angry about it. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. you're not having the right kind yeah. of fun that I'm having. Final yeah. final thoughts. Please. Uh, final thoughts. Because it's been twenty three minutes. Yeah, I was this was a good talk. Uh the Beskar alloy at the end. Uh I I feel like you might be onto something with it being the the night owls and and those kind of abandoned bow, but part of me also wonders like this guy occupied Mandalore and had access to like Beskar. I wonder if there is some cool stuff that we haven't seen yet. Um, True. So you know, and like cool stuff. for the Rebels fans, just throwing out my last little nerdy tidbit here, but like I also wouldn't be surprised if you know the the Gar Saxon's relatives, uh, who was the Imperial Mandalorian, uh, there were Imperial Mandalorians, and I don't want to write that off because I feel like, as you talked about the different sects uh, of the Mandalorian culture, 
that would be really neat to show that sure. that was you know part of what played a role in the downfall of Mandalore. So, Man. final takes. Show's coming a bit MCU-ish. Come on, Zeb. <laughs> with the uh, yeah, space wells. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, what did you think about the episode, though? Please leave yeah. your thoughts down below. I'll respond. Uh, follow Michael. Check us on Patreon. Get that daddy shirt. Also, listen to the Patreon. Everett Pixelmite Baker, my dude, listen up. There are so many people that would be the 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 de facto you know person that we would heap the mantle of the rejuvenation on who walk both worlds and you <laughs> I think are the most uh, you know resilient person to do that for us because you here walk two identities you have mm. Everett Baker mild mannered citizen of the world you know just out here supporting their favorite channels but within you have pixel might who's who knows the potential of what you could do with power based in pixels are the foundations of the modern world man we do everything on pixelated displays every image you see is an amalgamation of smaller bits and pieces and that is the power the strength that exists within you so let it free and uh, keep, keep maintain your pledge to the Patreon because that's like the living water. That's how you keep your you know creed status in good standing and good faith with us. But other than that, you know, we don't be an apostate. Don't be an apostate and chuck your prostate because uh, physical health is also a good thing. You know, can confirm. Love you, Everett. Stay well, and uh, we'll catch you for an even better, more coherent shout out next month. Love you, buddy. See you, buddy. 